and interests in health and well-being with different perspectives to bring you a variety of tips and tricks for feeling your best and living a full, healthy life. Let's get started. Hi, friends. Welcome back to the Feel Better Podcast. I've got some really great episodes lined up for you guys that I've recorded already. Um, I just haven't had a chance to edit them, which I'm doing today, because we were in Florida for about two weeks visiting um, Dave's family, and then we all got COVID, and my voice sounded like trash. So I'm back and ready to drop some of these for you guys today. I have Alana Friedman from Tucson, and I loved this conversation because she has created this brand and this product that is just phenomenal. The smoothie packets that she has put together with five-star Michelin um, chefs are, it's just, they're insane. Like they're beautiful and I'm a sucker for good packaging and marketing. And they're just gorgeous in these white boxes that open up to these like metallic color coded smoothie packets, but they're packed full of adaptogens and superfoods and they're, they're just incredible. So I will take whichever like kind of vibe I'm going for that day. So there's one for calm. There's one for, um, like glow, there's a matcha, there's an energize, there's a refresh, I think. Um, and they're just so good for like being able to select what you need in the moment. So I'll take one of the packets based on my needs for the day. I'll do a frozen banana, a cup of ice, and then a cup of my homemade nut milk and blend it. And it is so satisfying. And I'm not kidding you when I say I'm full for like four hours. Like I'm almost like, do I need lunch? Um, if I have one for breakfast, but I do. And then I was lucky enough to get to try the adaptogen lattes that Tucson has come out with. And I might never drink coffee again. (laughs) They're so good. They do have a little bit of, um, organic fair trade coffee in them. I believe it is correct. Um, and then full of adaptogens. So lion's mane, um, just so good. They're so creamy. So I'll take three scoops and, um, pop that into a mug and then some hot water from my electric tea kettle, froth it up with my frother and I'm good to go. They are amazing. Um, so that has kind of been a replacement for my coffee. I feel like it doesn't get me as jittery and kind of wired as just straight coffee. And it's just been so flavorful and nourishing in the morning. Plus it's easier. I don't have to make coffee. There's no measuring water and grinding coffee beans. It's literally open the bag, scoop, and I'm done. So that's been awesome. But anyway, Alana is super smart, you guys. She has worked with all different chefs. She was working with inner city youth. She grew up in Malibu. She um, just got back from New York, has been traveling when we connected. And I'm so excited for you to meet her and to hear the ethos behind the brand and to get to know a little bit more about how um, she was able to create this, this product and this company. So here we go. Excellent. So Alana, welcome to the Feel Better podcast. I'm excited to have you here. I know we started talking a little bit about um, your smoothies and the packets and the convenience and the branding and all that. So we'll get into that. I got a little carried away right off the bat, Um, but thank you for being here. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Of course. Um, So I wanted to kind of talk through, you know, we'll get to having a successful business and what that takes and having an entrepreneurial mindset and caring so much about health and well-being. But I always like to ask my guests, what were you like as a child and where did you grow up? How did it all start? It's a good question. I grew up in Malibu. So on the beach, in the ocean. I mean, for me, like the ocean was the cure for everything. I remember actually, I would just, whenever I would get hurt or something, I would just say, oh, the ocean will take care of it and just jump in the ocean. So I think from a very young age, it was like, really, how do I turn to nature and to these healing compounds to be able to feel better because synthetic things don't always help us. So we definitely, um, grew up that way. I was very curious. I would ask a lot of questions I remember, but really I think the, the nutrition and the wellness side started from growing up in Malibu in an area where you're very conscious of what you're putting in your body and how it's affecting you and conscious of the environment. And um, it really started from there. 
That's amazing. I, I'm curious what it's like, what it was like for you to grow up in this area, because I think so many people like myself and my husband, like we move here, but we didn't grow up here. So looking back, are you, do you think that it was a positive experience in terms of like, like, I know a lot of people are like, I need to move out and move to the city. I need to go to New York and I need to see what it's like. What were your thoughts? Like, as you were growing up, because I think too, about like my son, like I would love him to be raised here for that reason, because you have access to the health and wellness you know, right. elements through nature, but also, you know, the things that you have access to, to purchase are so convenient. What are your thoughts on growing up here? Well, where did you grow up? Do I, know I grew up in New Jersey. Very New different. Jersey. Okay. Yeah. So kind of close to a big city as well. Yes. Philadelphia. And, yeah. And New York. Right. Right. And so I think here, like people don't realize how big LA is and you can grow up technically in LA, but Malibu is so different than Beverly Hills, than Sherman Oaks, than downtown Los Angeles. And so they're kind of these own, you know, cities within themselves. And so I loved Malibu because it was, it is such a small town and you grew up, you know, everybody, you know, you go to the grocery store without shoes on. If you're, you know, it's super casual. And there are all these ideas about what it is from the outside. But I think once you come here, it's very different. Um, so I loved it just again, proximity to nature, but also because it feels very safe and warm and welcoming. Um, I didn't have that need to go to a city personally. Um, I'm not a big urban person, frankly, but I do understand that some people definitely need to get out and I've left a lot. I've come back a lot. So it always was nice to be able to call home a place where you feel very safe and grounded. Yeah. I love that. I keep trying to convince my husband that we need to eventually move to Malibu or Topanga for that. I love Topanga. I yeah. love Topanga. Yeah, <laughs> I support that. <laughs> it's so beautiful. I'll have to tell him. It's a great place, I think, to raise a kid too. And he's like, it's beautiful, but he thinks I'll get bored. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't think I will. I think I'm past the age of needing that energy. I just want to see the ocean. And again, like you said, like safety and being in LA. You can be on one block and be incredibly safe, or you can be a next the next block over and your life is in danger on a daily basis. So. I mean, it's bizarre. And it's not even just LA anymore, right? It's Seattle, it's San Francisco, yeah. it's or it's everywhere. And so I think it's just a different world. But yeah, if you can stay grounded and happy where you are, I think yeah. that's all. And family's important. So if you're close to family, that's, that's everything. Yeah. So were you, how did you initially become interested in health and wellness? I think it, you know, it sounds like you were surrounded by that kind of lifestyle growing up in Malibu Were your fa- were your parents like super health conscious. Is it something that stemmed from any kind of, you know, concerns that you had personally, how did this come about? I think that absolutely. They were very they are to this day, extremely health conscious. My dad surfs every day, is in the gym every day. My mom's doing yoga every day. My brother's the same way. And so I think it always was just a way of life. And I think somewhere I'm guessing to a lot of people, when you go off for college and I went to study at Berkeley, you really realize it's like, Oh, that this isn't how everyone is. This is a very different perspective. And this is a very different place I'm coming from where I put value on, these things. And I'm grateful to be able to have done that because I know there are food deserts, you know, in my backyard. So it's very much the first time I was like, okay, well, this is a, actually a problem that needs attention. It's not just something that we're all doing is eating healthy. It's how do we take this understanding and share it with people. And so when I was at Berkeley, I started a farmer's market on campus. Cause I was like, how can I bring all this amazing local produce from the Bay area to students on campus make it affordable and really say, this is what an apple tastes like, not that. And this is what, you know, carrots taste like and not that. And so I think it really became like the problem I wanted to solve was how can I educate people? And then how can I improve access to it as well? So I started working in culinary gardens and elementary schools and showing kids, you know, this is how you grow tomatoes. You just kind of throw seeds because we're in California and we can be lazy about things. Right. It grows. It's like by accident. And uh, I did that. And then I started a nonprofit working with teens in East LA, actually, which is, as you know, a huge food desert. And 
they're only like an hour away from these amazing farms. So it was, how can we bring these teens into farms and into farmers markets and into restaurants and teach them how to cook and really just stem from there of like, how can we approach this problem that is growing so rapidly from every different direction? And I didn't want to approach it from the governmental direction, frankly, I wanted to approach it from an education direction. So that's where I started. And I've just been working on that, that problem opportunity, I guess is a better word ever since. Wow. That's incredible. I hear so many stories where, you know, something, a product or service or, or something will come out of someone's own personal, whether it's health issue or something like that, but you actually saw like a societal issue and, and concern and decided to figure out a way to tackle that on your own. That's amazing. That's really inspiring because yeah, I mean, I've had my own problems. I won't (laughs) skip over that, but I think what's important is focusing on like, how do we use our resources to be able to improve and leverage. So many people say, oh, well, you know, you're lucky you live in LA or you're lucky you live in Malibu and you have access to all of that, but you've found a way to educate so that people can make the best decision given, you know, the resources that they do have. And then how can we enhance the community, whether it's through gardens or, or things like that? What has been the kind of reception to that? Like how, can you talk a little, I, I didn't know about that aspect of kind of your work before we were chatting today. So I'm really curious to hear more about that and the schools that you've worked with and sure. how you've gone about doing that. Like, how do you reach out to those people? Like, how does that work? My gosh, I haven't thought about that for a while. So <laughs> it was, I reached out to initially the LAPD because they have after school programs And I said, you know, this is our vision. We've partnered with the restaurant group, Fig and Olive. We can bring the kids there, but we also want to bring them into, um, you know, bring like, how did we tailor it? It was around a certain age and it was around like the kids that really want to do better. So their job is to keep kids off the street after school and out of gangs and out of violence and out of drugs and I looked at how can I build a program around those kids who are really trying to get out of their situation and learn and improve their lives and bring them out of Holland Beck and into um, more healing environments. And so uh, it was great. I mean, obviously the LAPD loved it because we were bringing these kids out. I did a chapter in Harlem as well. So I was working with the NYPD out there and bringing them outside of their environment. And it was extremely positive because we were able to show them there's more than what they see on a daily basis and that they do fit in in these other environments. I think the most important thing was for them to be, and we had a great team of donors and people on the board, but that would spend the time with the kids. And it was, how do we show these kids that they belong at the table too? It's not us and then them, but it's really like, you're here, you're having a human experience, just like the rest of us. We're all having a conversation together. It's not, you know, there are no, there's no hierarchy to it. It's just, how can we bring you and show you that there's more? And we did scholarships for kids. we got them certain technology that they needed to be able to succeed. And some of them have gone on into hospitality and working in the food system. So it's really cool to see, actually, you just have to have faith and give them hope, right? Because I think a lot of times that it's easy to lose faith and hope, but if you kind of bring someone into a new environment, it's much more um, illuminating for them. I love that. Oh, that's amazing. That is such a great story. I just, that's just, I love it. I love it. And I think there's so much to be said about someone who may be losing faith, being able to create something and watch something grow. If it's a right. garden or even that tomato plant to see that, that they were able to do that and to create that and to cultivate the sense of abundance and hope. And I love that. That's an amazing story. It's very cool. So really rewarding. And I, I miss that. I had to step away from it for some time, but it's, and what you put in your body is literally how you're going to feel. <laughs> like there's no more direct connection between 
how you feed yourself and how you feel. So, so teaching that I think is super important. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So talk us through how you went from the culinary gardens with at risk youth to your company now. So you have a line of smoothies, which I'm a huge fan of, and I'm drinking right now, actually the illuminate with my frozen banana and my nut butter and my homemade walnut milk. (laughs) Homemade. That sounds amazing. It is. I use the almond cow, so it's homemade, but it's very easy. The almond cow is like, Soak the, the walnuts, add in some filtered water, um, and push yeah. start. And it's it's amazing. Okay. My son does it. <laughs> so good. Yeah. yeah, that the banana one is definitely my favorite too, actually. I love it. So it's full of adaptogens, um, superfoods galore. How did you, I guess, yeah, I would like to know like how you kind of went talk us through that process and how this came to be. And then we can talk about the product a little bit more. Absolutely. Um, so as I was working with the teens, I, I was bringing them into the restaurant group Fig and Olive, and it's a nationwide restaurant group. Um, it's really nice Mediterranean food. Everything's either like, well, that was part of my project there. So I basically went into their kitchens and realized there's a lot of room for opportunity to source better, source more responsibly, more locally and more sustainably. And so I started developing their uh, sourcing program, really, how can we bring in, like create this system where we're supporting these local farmers, working with our, you know, transportation companies, not to get in the nitty gritty, but how do we bring it into every location, the the local food, whether it's here, Chicago, New York, um, Houston, Washington, DC. And so really started working on developing these systems of sustainable sourcing, um, which was super fun for me. I love that. And then um, did that for a few years and then really wanted to, at the time I thought I wanted to go more into hospitality and restaurants. So I moved to the Napa Valley. I worked at the French Laundry, which was an amazing experience. I learned a ton. Um, and up at Met, and then I spent a couple of years at Meadowood Resort, which also has a three Michelin star restaurant on the property. And so spending a lot of time really in these incredible places and we're designing these memories for people and these experiences, but didn't necessarily make them feel better. Right. So it was, you know, overindulgence and then kind of fatigue. And then it was whatever you call it, you had to leave Napa Valley, not feeling better if you're going to do Napa Valley the way that people were and mostly are doing it still today. And I just wanted to be able to bring these beautiful experiences to people in a way that was really healing. And so when I moved back, I wanted to get back into nutrition and wellness and really understand how can we create a similar experience that we're able to do in the fine dining world, but in people's homes, in a way that's healing, in a way that feels really nourishing and good and frankly, luxurious as much as I hate that word, but but feels like a premium experience. And so started studying all the superfoods and then really figuring out from a design side, how can we build something that women look forward to drinking every day? And it feels like you're treating yourself, not depleting yourself, frankly. And so started with those five functional formulas, um, really designed to target all of your cells and target, you know, the causes of premature aging. And we can go into those as well, but um, that was the genesis of it and launching it direct to consumer, people can subscribe, they can drink it every day, they will feel better in the first month, you know, it's very powerful. Um, Superfoods and adaptogens that, and botanicals, frankly, that we're working with. And so we know people feel better, because we hear it all the time. And it's just how can we deliver that healing in a way that feels special to someone, not just kind of shaking the, the, Shaker bottles, <laughs> plug in your nose, because sometimes that's an option too. Yeah. Let's talk about the five factors to premature aging. I think that's a great topic. Yeah. So I think that the way we've designed it first, I mean, it's it's really on the cellular level. So one, as we know, one of the key reasons why um, we just have chronic disease is inflammation, right? We used to have acute inflammation where it was if you're injured or if something happens to you, your body responds, you know, it sends out all of those um, messages to your cells and then it relaxes, right? After it's been handled, it's done. But now we have 
chronic inflammation just due to environmental factors, due to stress, due to what we're eating. Everything's been so genetically modified, it's not recognizable. So our bodies are just in constant states of inflammation, which is, we all know terrible, objectively really bad for our health. And so the first one with um, with turmeric and with ginger, and we've used water extracted curcumin to be able to help reduce inflammation on the outside of the cell so that things can start to travel in and out of the cell. And really how do we start from that level of allowing your body to be able to use fuel the right way and give you energy the right way. And so one, that one's specifically designed for inflammation and, um, a lot of people take curcumin. I mean, a lot of us buy curcumin that's been extracted with heavy metals. That's because to get certain amounts of active compounds, you need to use bad extraction methods. And so we're really particular about our sourcing and third-party lab testing everything and figuring out like if that has been extracted the wrong way, it's going to actually have the opposite effect on your body because you're feeding it heavy metals and it can't reduce inflammation. It's going to increase inflammation. And so it was always about like, how do we get to that level? So that was the initial one. I think the most important one, frankly, is reducing inflammation. And then there's one designed specifically for energy. So it's the cacao and lion's mane, which obviously is best selling. People love chocolate. So <laughs> I get that. I'm yes. with that. And it's designed to support the mitochondrial function within the cell. So it's like, how can the cell give you energy and how can it, now that we've kind of reduced the inflammation side, be able to actually fuel your body better. And energy is one of the things, I don't know if you notice that you can speak to it more, but that we hear most from our customers as like the immediate response is they just feel more energy despite it having no caffeine in it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cacao for sure. And, and energy without like the bloat. I find that so many times you add all these supplements to a smoothie and you drink it and you're like, okay, well, I know it's doing the things it's supposed you're to like, be. I don't know where it ended up, <laughs> but, I, but I feel like bloated and gross yeah. and, you know, let's just hope for the best. So I find that with your smoothies, I don't, that doesn't happen. So you get the energy and it's sustained and you don't feel like, I don't know, uncomfortable, if that makes sense. Right. And as that's, how it should be. I mean, when we're eating, we hopefully aren't in- uncomfortable, but it happens, right? It happens to most Americans have digestive issues and I'm, I've had them forever. I mean, I get it. So I think that, um, yeah, energy is a huge piece of it. The gut health is another massive piece of it. Um, which is really, you know, how we design the matcha and ashwagandha one to be able to, it has wheatgrass in it. It has barley grass It has spirulina. It has these, and I hate the word detox, but it helps your cells get rid of waste. Right. So it's like, how can we make sure that you're getting rid of things that you need to be getting rid of? It has xylem husk in it for that as well. And that you're able to kind of start each day fresh again and, um, you know, put more good things in your body. Everything has prebiotics, probiotics, and enzymes. So you're able to really have that nutrient absorption and bioavailability that you need to be able to use all the superfoods to your benefit. Yeah. Can you speak a little bit to the advantages of prebiotics and probiotics? Cause I think people hear that so often, or, you know, make sure you take a probiotic, but also get prebiotics, but I don't think people understand how to do so and how to do so efficiently because so many probiotics, they're not refrigerated. They don't travel well, or, you know, I I think that might be a a good educational piece too, for our listeners. Yeah. I think that it's interesting because we're all hopefully born with the right balance of gut flora, right? I think this is something that, I mean, I'm not a mother, but I know that natural birth is step one of how you populate your yeah. microbiome the right way. I and so it, even though they were like, he's huge, you're overdue and oh, it's taking so long. You should oh, have a infection. Okay. I was like, no, no, he's not going to have digestive issues. He's coming out naturally. <laughs> Amazing. And that's like step one, right? Because if we don't understand that, then we're already behind the ball. And so there are a lot of ways to look at it. Um, but that I think is an, 
important place to start to set yourself up for success. And then, yeah, it's, it's, it's nutrient biodiversity is a big piece of it. That's overlooked today. I think as well, in terms of your gut microbiome, we're not here to have to take probiotics at the end of the day. So it's, it's what's happened to our food system that it's really depleted from conventional farming, from glyphosates, from over harvesting, from not crop rotation. I mean, we know what sustainable agriculture looks like rarely doing it, but we know what it looks like. And so all these factors are leading up to us having really depleted microbiomes and poor digestive systems and health. And let alone, what are we actually putting in our bodies? Is it fast food or is it something organic? Um, but so we're really behind the ball on, on taking care of our gut health. Um, and even things like stress will impact it. And so we have to supplement, which is, fine. It's, it's important to realize what works, but yeah, when it comes to prebiotics, I've frankly never found one that I love, so I can't even endorse a certain type. Um, but yeah, you need the prebiotics for there. There's good bacteria and there's bad bacteria. Right. And so the probiotics essentially are giving you more good bacteria and the probiotics eat prebiotics. So it's like, if we're eating, you know, certain types of fiber, if we're eating like the yacon root that's in some of the blends, like that's a prebiotic. So we can look to natural foods for prebiotics, or we can look to, you know, derivatives of natural foods. It's always better to get it from a natural source, but you need both of them to be able to work together or else you're feeding the bad bacteria. Like if you're eating a cookie, which obviously we all do sometimes, but it's feeding the wrong bacteria and you'll start growing a population of, you know, things that crave sugar. And so it's, how can we be a little bit more proactive about treating it naturally? And then have you found a prebiotic probiotic blend? Do you like, you may have, I just haven't. I, had so far, my favorite is Sakara. I, I can't say I notice a difference taking it, but I notice a difference not taking it. Oh, interesting. Um, and it's so a little cool. Yeah. Yeah. I take one in the morning. Um, is it refrigerated or it is. It yeah, is. it's refrigerated. And I think some of it might be placebo effect, but I also feel like if the placebo <laughs> effect has the effect that you're after, <laughs> then it's working. Right. Yeah. No, uh, it's interesting. I mean, I, it is interesting and we do put it in the blends because it really does matter. Like you need to always be nourishing your microbiome. And so I think it's a great thing. I just, um, and, and digestive enzymes we put in, cause I think they all have to work together. It's not just building the family of bacteria. It's, it's also, how are we breaking down different types of proteins, which is essentially what enzymes are doing. That's incredible. So in one little packet, you get such bang for your buck. Like you are really doing, if that's even the only thing that you do all day to support your health, like you're already ahead of the game compared to like most people and like daily life. Um, I just, I love that. So you've got, then we're battling inflammation, mm-hmm. gut health, mm-hmm. stress. Yeah. The energy side. And then the one you were talking about, the banana one. So it's designed with lion's mane mushroom, chaga mushroom. And that one's really designed for cognitive health. Mm. As we know, as we know, um, dementia and Alzheimer's are just growing problems as well. And so, so much of that is being preventative, right? So it's how can we eat things and nourish our bodies with things and exercise our minds, but, but things that really protect um, the neurotransmitters, because once you start losing cognitive function, getting it back is next to, I shouldn't say impossible. There's a lot of things going on, but it's really difficult to start getting that back. And so for us, it's what things can we put in our body every day to be able to maintain cognitive function and, and optimize it. And so those, um, those mushrooms in there are really designed to protect your neurotransmitters and protect acetylcholine in your brain, which really helps you with neuroplasticity at the end of the day and staying sharp. Um, because, that's actually one of the things that that's one of the health complaints we hear from so many women is they don't feel sharp enough anymore. And I, yeah, I mean, what a terrible thing to think about, you know, I mean, I've been there too. If you're not eating enough, if you're not eating right, your mind 
can't focus on other things. Yeah. It goes to survival. So um, that's that one. And then the last one is really around um, oxi- reducing oxidative stress. So that's the one, it uses maki berry, it uses baobab, it uses acai. So we pulled really the top antioxidant containing fruits in the world. Um, and that's also why we have to do everything powdered because we're bringing it from the south of Chile and Africa and you know, where we can source these incredible ingredients and then, you know, bring them to people in their own homes it has to be powdered. But um, that one's really all about how can we protect, protect the cell from all of the pollution, all of the stress, all of the sun exposure, like over sun exposure, all of these things that are stressing uh, your cells, um, how can we protect it from that? So those are the five we really focused on. That's amazing. What is Baobab? I have to ask you, cause I feel like I'm pretty knowledgeable and I'm like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> it's a fruit out of Africa. Actually, they're really cool trees. If you look at a picture of them, um, but it's, it's a fruit. It has like a little bit of an acidic flavor to it, which I think it just pairs nicely with the berry. Um, but it is one of the best foods to fight oxidative stress. Uh, it's really good for your skin, really good for your, your cells and supporting collagen because collagen, instead of taking it as a whole, you know, how can you support like the vitamin C, the vitamin A and E and everything going into protecting it. Um, again, it's all about prevention the way we're looking at it. Nature is really magical. I mean, the fact that you could derive all of these benefits from fruit from food. It's just incredible. So, you know, I hear all of the benefits of the, the smoothie, like now I, I would want to take all of them every day. Cause obviously I want all of those benefits all the time. So how do you recommend, or how do you personally incorporate them into your lifestyle? Is it kind of how you're feeling that morning? Or do you just kind of say Monday through Friday, this is my plan. Like, how do you work them in and how do you recommend that other people do that? It's a good question. For most people, I would say it's better to have them all and they work together as a system. But so many people, when they come to health, don't know where to start. And so I always say to them, just drink what you like the taste of first, because, you know, what you were doing before versus any of these five blends is going to be you will notice a difference. And so it's kind of like meet people where they're at, if they're coming to health and nutrition for the, to make a change, you know, that's a huge step. And so it's drink what tastes good to you, you know, you're going to get benefits. And then it's important to rotate them and to be able to get the nutritional biodiversity, but it's also important just to take the step of saying like, I want to take better care of myself. And if that means you're going to drink a chocolate smoothie every day for a year, you're taking better care of yourself. So I think that I really like to let people be empowered about what they choose and what they want to do, because if you're, once you force someone into a system, they're going to hate it. I mean, it's just like working out. It's just like anything where you're saying you have to do this. It might stick for a little, but it's, if it's not your choice, ultimately you don't care to do it. So I personally just rotate them because I think it's easier. I'm, yeah, it, it's not as much. I wake up, I need brain function. I think just, I've been doing it for years. So it's, you know, I should just swap them out every, every day. Um, but yeah, I think whatever makes you happiest. That's a good point. I think sometimes you notice too, like if you go to grab one and you're like, oh, I actually want the other one. Or if you run out of the one that you really like and you're like, oh, but I really want it. Then all of a sudden you like, I do that with, I love macro bar, go macro bars. And I only like the sunflower butter one or yeah, sunflower butter. And I'll buy the other flavors for like, I don't know, just to switch it up. But then I only eat the sunflower butter. And when I run out, I'm like, oh man. <laughs> so I know. Like. And people fully customize their boxes for us and they're changing them all the time. Some people- I've completely gotten just, you know, like the matcha flavor for a year and then we'll switch to another one. And again, it's just about like, where are you in your health journey? And are you making a conscious effort to take better care of yourself? That's more than most people ever get to. And so I'm just, I love hearing people's transformations because it's really possible. Like you can feel better. And I want people to know that. 
what are some of the things that you hear from people when they're, you know, sharing that with you? We hear a lot. I mean, for, I would say like more generally speaking, it's energy, it's weight loss, it's improvement of digestive health. And then on a more specific level, we have people with Crohn's colitis, um, IBS. We have people with fibromyalgia that are all coming and saying our symptoms have almost disappeared. And so for us, it's really interesting because I can test things on myself, but I don't have fibromyalgia right now in my life. So it's, it's really powerful to be able to hear people's transformations from things that never were the genesis of the company. It wasn't, we're here to cure X it's, we're here to help you feel better. And if you're coming from a place where you have these more serious anti-inflammatory diseases, like it's so nice to hear people feel better. Um, with just a minute a day, changing one thing a day, that's it. Change one thing. It's designed to taste good and feel good. And like as a treat to yourself and you can really go far with that. And I feel like there's a ripple effect too of feeling good. When you feel good and you're more inclined to go outside and take a walk or go for a hike or drink more water or get better sleep or do something like nice for yourself that maybe you wouldn't have done if you were in a bad mood or had brain fog or, you know, had extra stress with work because you couldn't just get your mind right that day. And I think there's just so much more that taking that one step each morning or each afternoon can can provide than just gut health. You know, it extends so much further when you're taking just that one initiative. I think it's a really good point actually, because a lot of people will, you know, band-aid their health problems with, okay, I'll go to the gym for an hour, but then I'll eat Domino's. And it's like, well, but then you're not going to want to go to the gym the next day. <laughs> you're not going to feel very good. You're not going to sleep well. So you're not going to get up in time to go in the morning. Like you said, you were going to, cause you're going to be up all night with heartburn. <laughs> right. And I, I actually, I love that point because I hadn't thought about that in a long time, but I do remember um, speaking with someone who's, who's an actor and always has to be on. And it was very much like him talking about stopping drinking alcohol, for example. And he's like, it's, it's not that I woke up feeling worse. It's that I didn't wake up feeling 110%. And to be able to do what we're here to do, we have to feel 110%. And there's that ripple effect when, you know, if you didn't get as much sleep, exactly like you're saying, because you've had a glass of wine, then you're not functioning at your full capacity. Yeah, absolutely. And you make a really good point now too, that it's not about, it's not always about whether you feel bad, but it's about, do you feel great? Because you should, you actually deserve to feel amazing when you wake up every day. It's not like, well, I got through my day. I had some wine last night and I I went to work. So go me, but it's like, you didn't do all the other things that you're capable of doing that would take you to the next level and make you feel amazing. It's just kind of like that I think they call it like drag. It's just like a little bit of a drag every day. We're all dragging pretty hard. Right now. <laughs> I mean, we pile so much on ourselves that I think you need to feel your best to show up, or it'll you just aren't. That's with one thing. One thing can lead to ten new things. Yeah. What's your favorite smoothie? Do you have a favorite? I know they're all your babies. <laughs> Uh, my favorite is the banana one, actually the banana saga, um, for flavor. And obviously, I mean, I need to be on all the time, so it's great for focus, but, um, that one's my favorite. Yeah. Speaking of being on and running your own business, what, what does your day look like? I'd love to hear more about like, if you have a morning routine or an evening routine and what you eat, because you're obviously very well versed in health and wellness. So I'm curious to hear what your foods look like throughout the day and what you do to be your best. Well, we can always do better, but (laughs) I do have a morning routine that I swear by or else I'm just scatterbrain. Um, No, I normally work at, uh, wake up at six. I work out actually out of my house. Um, I used to go to gyms, but then when I moved to Napa, it was like, Ooh, (laughs) these are different than LA. these gyms don't look the same. So I started working out at home, um, resistance training. And then, uh, I meditate for about 25 to 30 minutes a day, which has been like the biggest in, in the morning, which has been like the biggest impact in my life ever. Just 
I mean, it's hard at first, yeah. but uh, in dealing with everything, it's just like helps you find more clarity. Um, I was always functioning from a place of like anxiety and stress and fear and, you know, all those terrible things that can drive us and, and meditation kind of reworks that into, it quiets it down and says, okay, we're doing this from a different place. And we want to do this because we want to create impact and not because we're afraid of this thing or anxious about that. So, uh, meditation. And then, yeah, I start, you go back. What, what meditation do you do? I'm curious. Do you do TM? Do you do guided meditation? I do guided meditation. I use the, I don't know if you know the app insight timer, but it's like the bet. I mean, I'm sure the other ones are great too. It's my favorite. Um, basically you it's completely free. Um, and you can segment it based on the length of time, based on the teacher, based on the function. So if you want sleep or if you want, you know, stress reduction, if you want intention setting, whatever it is, you can pick something for that function. Um, so I just find it super practical. Um, but yeah, I'll do guided, um, but it has all the best teachers on it. So it's like Tara Brock, it has Ram Dass, it has um, Sadhguru, it has everyone who is super uh, knowledgeable, right? They're coming from like neuropsych backgrounds and able to translate that into something you could just do for 20 minutes a day. So highly recommend. <laughs> okay, I wrote that down and I will put that in the show notes too. Okay, yeah. so meditation and then what happens next? Yeah. And then I normally make coffee and start working. How do you take your coffee? I love the details. <laughs> mm, no, that's fine. Well, we just launched our organic adaptogenic lattes in December. So that is how I'm currently taking my coffee. Um, so we have a cacao version and we have a coffee version and the coffee has in it lion's mane has some coconut milk powder. So you're just adding it to water and it tastes oh, like a nice. latte. Yeah, it has, um, reach, uh, I'm sorry, that one has chaga in it. The chocolate one is Rishi. Um, and it has vanilla bean really for oxidative stress and, and some flavor. And so it's, um, that's, that's what I do right now. It's just like a few tablespoons of, of that into hot water and froth it. And it's so easy. So easy. I love that. I know it has to be easy or else, you know, we s- slow down on it. Yeah. So, and then what? um, and then I sit down and work. I mean, I, was running the company primarily by myself up until I just brought on one person to start help, um, start helping me with like more of the online experience. So I can kind of go work on business development again. So I'm between my house and meetings, frankly, um, most of the time now. You've been doing that yourself all this time. So are you writing, you know, your newsletters and the blog posts that go along with them and the break, you've done everything yourself up until just recently? I've brought on like some support in some different places, but mostly, yeah. I mean, I've been the full-time person. Amazing. Well done. What do you find the most rewarding and the most challenging about running your own business? Because I think everybody kind of glamorizes the idea of like being your own boss and doing what you want, but that's not really how it goes. Right. So what do you find like the most rewarding? Yeah. And I don't know how that became so glamorous, frankly, this whole, like, I mean, we do know, right. Because we read about overnight success all the time. We don't read about anything else. And so, um, it's definitely not what you imagine, but yes, it's rewarding because you're getting notes from people who have had these life-changing transformations. And so for me, that's always the most rewarding is like, I always keep like, all the notes here next to me of people who have had transformations and shared their stories because it's people have been dealing with things for their whole life that haven't had relief. And so it's, how can, you know, that's, that's the most rewarding. Um, what was the other question? The most difficult. What's the most challenging part of it? I'm sure there are many, but what do you find to be the Um, most challenging? I think it's, Oh, that's a hard question. Um, I think it's frankly, just like, keeping yourself healthy because it's really easy to look at all these things that need to be done and think, okay, well, I can skip lunch or I can skip spending time with my family or I can skip sleep to do these things. But 
burnout's a thing too. And it's like understanding like that you, when you're creating something have to be, a, we'll never always be a hundred percent, but have to show up and be sharp. Um, you know, you're always first to sacrifice yourself. And I think that what I've been learning is really like that makes everything else suffer. And so how can you find a balance in making sure you're sleeping enough, making sure you're eating enough, making sure you're getting the right nutrients, you know, practicing what you preach essentially and not sacrificing that because then everything else kind of can crumble really quickly. You're not replaced. I mean, you, yeah, you're not replaceable. (laughs) You have to show up and you have to create and, and um, to do so have to take care of yourself. Yeah. It's that accountability. You know, you don't have someone looking over your shoulder saying, Hey, you've been working a lot of hours. Why don't you take some time off or you're logged on at nine o'clock at night. Don't you need to go home? You know, it's your, it's you managing it for yourself. Um, so I think being accountable to your own health and well-being is important. I think that can probably be easily forgotten when you're creating and you're excited and you're, you know, you have a vision that you're able to execute, um, being able to balance that rest. Is, is important. <laughs> it's a learning experience. And, you know, sometimes you do more and sometimes you can't do more and you realize that and it's too late. So yeah, <laughs> that's the challenging part, I would say. That makes sense. I think it's good for people to hear that too, that it's not just about, you know, managing, creating your own schedule and being your own boss. There's so much more behind the scenes um, and so much more time than people realize. Um, so the, it's kind of interesting when we started chatting today, you were talking about how kind of the origins of the company was based around the need to educate others and to share that knowledge and to help improve the life of other people. And I had read a quote in shout out LA and you had mentioned, um, David Hawkins power versus force. And in his work, he's done an incredible job. This is your quote of highlighting exactly how our existence and consciousness affects those around us not only in the present moment, but for many years to come, and that we're all deeply connected and have the ability to impact those around us in such profound ways. You're basically embodying that. It's interesting because that's exactly what you're doing. Was that intentional or was that kind of just subconsciously linking the two together? I would say that it's kind of selfish, right? I mean, we're all here and we want to find our purpose. And, and sometimes the purpose is just like you being happy. And if we start framing that as me being happy has this effect of other things and other people beyond me being happy, then I feel kind of like it's important for me to be happy as a baseline. And then it's, building on that, like you were saying earlier, is if you feel better, then you can take that next step to help someone else feel better, maybe, or just through, you know, energetically, other people are lifted. I think, I think we need to really acknowledge like how our feelings impact other people, because even just negativity can drag other people down. And so I love that book because it's like, how can you, it it pushes science behind consciousness. And it says, how can we look at this objectively from a scientific background and see what vibrational energy is associated with uh, as simple as like, are you above or below the line, right? Are you showing up from a place of positivity and creation and impact? Are you showing up from a place of like apathy, negativity, where you just don't see the point? I think it's something that today, whatever 2022 looks like, we're all in a place of like, it's really easy to go negative. It's really easy to go down rabbit holes, especially reading studies about how Gen Z is doing. And there's a lot of uh, apathy coming up. um, And I think that's really dangerous. And so it's not as much about me trying to embody anything in particular it's much more just like a selfish way of like if I feel good other people feel good and just using it as a building block and and knowing that it matters how you feel because we are connected yeah it's so true it took me a long time to realize that I, I and this kind of goes along with 
that trajectory that you described, you know, years ago, when I look at my own personal experience, I was in Philadelphia. I was not living the way that I should be. I was just overly, I was burnt out. I was working too much. I was, I was trying to manage that stress through happy hours and boozy brunches. And, you know, I'd throw in a workout here and there and think that was going to counteract everything. And I just wasn't living to my full potential in terms of health. And that impacted my mood so much. So if somebody at Starbucks got my order wrong, like I had this entitled <laughs> attitude of like, oh. what the F? Like, this is what, do your job. Like, what the hell? And that right. poor person was probably not so nice to the next customer after me. And then that person went to work and wasn't in the best mood dealing with their, you know, colleagues, direct reports, like customers, whatever it happens to be, or someone went home and lashed out on their child or significant other. And it just, it has such a ripple effect. And yeah. you notice when you have that, that a different energy going into a situation, the outcome is different. The way that people receive that energy and, and respond to you and then respond to the world around them is can be shifted so easily. And I think that all stems back to like how you feel and feeling good physically and mentally. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It is hard some days, but you know, yeah. Also fake it till you make it if you need to, you know, you just, your, your body responds. If you're smiling, you know, it's releasing different chemicals than if you're not. And so that's so true. Yeah. we have to give it a little more attention and I personally need to as well, but you know, we're all works in progress. Exactly. Progress over perfection. (laughs) Any day. Yeah. Um, So I have some rapid fire questions for you. Um, I'd like to know your favorite hike in LA, especially since you grew up in Malibu. Uh, I love going to Sandstone Peak. It's called it's up. Have you been there? I have. I love it. Yeah. I mean, it's a trek. It is a trek to get there, but it is so beautiful in the loop. You can see, you know, the rock climbers on one side and then the ocean on the other side and it'll make you sore. It definitely like if you do that longer trail, um, I would say that one. I've also been doing one up stunt road lately behind Payuma. It's like part of the backbone trail, but it is spectacular and it's so quiet. I'll have to check that one out. Sandstone Peak took me to, so my, when we first started dating, my now husband and I, we would do like a different hike at a different place every weekend as kind of like our, our, you know, our day date, which was cool. I think for building like nor new neural pathways, new experiences with a different person, you know, somebody new. And it was just kind of cool. And Sandstone Peak was one of them. And we went for the first time in the middle of the summer, in the middle of the afternoon. And it was like 120 degrees. And I got the one point, yes, it is. one rock. And I was like, I'm not going any further. We're going back down. But then we went back and we did it again in January of that year, which was a couple of years uh, ago. Yeah. Cool. And it used to be really lush. And then after the fire, there's no shade left. And so I'm the same. Sometimes I'm like, I just need to sit under that rock for five minutes. Yeah, <laughs> Last so pretty. yeah it's beautiful, but you know, it'll grow back. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite meal? Ooh, um, I love Mediterranean food, like a beautiful, like Greek salad and piece of fish is honestly just simple, good ingredients is my favorite. Sounds delicious. I've been dying to go to Ms. Lala and there's a couple of them now, Mediterranean food. There's one in Sherman Oaks, but there's also one, I think out by Culver city, but it's supposed to be amazing Mediterranean foods. We'll have to check. Yeah. Here we have Tavernatoni, which is just like a good oh, go-to. I haven't been yet, but I see it all the time and I'm like, I need to go there. And okay. you have to go to the courtyard and you can kind of see everyone moving around. That sounds nice. It's charming. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I actually might be there tonight if you <laughs> let me know. I will. I was, I, I had, I just had a birthday recently and I got a, I asked for a gift card to Nobu Malibu because that's where I wanted to do my birthday, but they're always booked and I can't even get a reservation for like three months. So I was like, maybe I'll go somewhere else. So maybe I'll go to Tony's. Well, highly recommend Nobu. There's also, I think you can still sh- just walk into the bar area. Um, so maybe that's easier. I, I don't deal with that type of, yeah. uh, What's the word I'm looking for? It's a, it's a hassle. Yeah. Yeah. It's a hassle to try and go there. I don't like 
wait for my food. Like, I'm not going to wait. I'm not going to wait at the bar until you have something available. Like, I'm not going to wait. healthy heaven. I mean, it's hilarious when you walk in there. It's out of control. But it's a scene. And the food's delicious. The views are just so pretty. Like, I love the vibe. It's like, yes, the food's good, but the vibe I love. Um, What's your favorite book? Favorite book is probably the one you quoted, Power Versus Force. But lately, I've been like rereading and rereading and rereading. Um, the Obstacle is the Way. It's just like a stoic book. Um, I think Brian Holiday wrote it, but he pulls from like Marcus Aurelius and Seneca and all of these uh, people, wise people before us um, to kind of help. I think it helps in terms of viewing obstacles as um, and challenges as like the thing we're supposed to be doing, right? We're supposed to go into difficult situations and we're supposed to stay level-headed and we're supposed to overcome. And that's growth. Growth isn't always, growth isn't the easy way. If nothing's going wrong, we're not growing. So those like friendly reminders daily are important. I love that. I just recently picked up the daily stoic by Ryan holiday. So I've incorporated that into my morning routine. So I'll have to yeah. check out the obstacles the way as well. You should. Yeah. I mean, stoicism can be a bit like, uh, arduous at times I would say, but, and however you feel about it, that book I felt was still a very like approachable and important way to look at, um, our daily lives. Yeah, definitely. Amazing. If you were on a desert, a deserted island, what would be three things that you would want to have? That is a hard question. I mean, (laughs) am I by myself? Yes. Okay. Well, books then, or I guess you would have to take a Kindle. I don't have a Kindle, but I'd assume that that would be much more valuable than books. Or just you have a hundred books, but you'd have to read them in like three hours because you'd have nowhere to plug it in. (laughs) My gosh. Yeah. So maybe power outlets. Number two. (laughs) Generally. Um, no, I think books, like anything that helps with reading. I love music too. I would say anything that can play music for me, especially if I'm on a desert and island, that would be phenomenal. Yeah. And probably a journal. I love writing. Um, and you can create your own stories. Yeah. <laughs> what else? I'd go to that island. I'd be happy being deserted there. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds nice. Future goals. <laughs> right. <laughs> Where can everyone find you and the Tussol products? I, I, I highly, highly recommend them. Um, I am, as I said, I'm drinking mine right now. I wish I could drink them all every day for all of the health benefits, but. <laughs> I mean, that I would say that I do frequently. Um, they can find us. Uh, it, so it's Tussol, T-U-S-O-L wellness. It means your son in Spanish, the sun within you. Um, so TussolWellness.com, Instagram at Tussol Wellness. Send us a note. Hello at Tussol Wellness. We are here. We're excited to answer your questions and hear about, you know, what you're going through and how we can help. Love it. And I'll link all of this in the show notes too, as well as your book recommendations. Um, but that's great. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm even more excited now knowing about some of the benefits of the preventative benefits, especially like related to cognitive health, because I think we'll forget about that. And if you can't see it, you don't think about it. So exactly, really incredible. Yeah. Prevention's hard to sell. I will say that there's like a whole infrastructure around us treating problems, not preventing problems. And so I think um, shifting that attention is kind of the healthcare system is its own challenge. But if we can on our own focus on prevention, uh, it goes a long way. I um, mean, we do have new products coming soon, though. So let us know. Um, sign up, and follow us and everything and we'll keep you posted. Exciting. Can you give us any hints? I know you've got the lat- the lattes that have come out recently. These are out. This one will be even easier. So the smoothies, they take like a little bit of prep. You blend it with ice and almond milk, um, fruit if you wish. Uh, the lattes are a little easier. You just put it into, froth it with hot water. These will be even easier. Okay. So <laughs> we're really trying to figure out how can we make health like a no-brainer for you. We get everything tastes really good. We work with the three Michelin star chef, as you know, so he's been super involved in this new product. Um, so we're excited. It's coming soon. Oh, this I'm excited. Me too. Excited. Thank you. <laughs> 
Tusol has been kind enough to offer all of our listeners a 20% discount on their products. Just enter code Kristen20 at checkout and that 20% off will be applied to your order. I highly recommend trying the lattes and getting a little selection of different um, smoothies so that you can kind of pick and choose based on what you're feeling that morning. And again, that is Kristen, K-R-I-S-T-E-N, 20 um, for 20% off your Tussol order. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to rate and review, and also follow along on Instagram at holistic.w.kristen, and I will see you soon.